Today's episode is brought to you by Poppins Period. I know what you might be thinking, Poppins Period? Mary, didn't you used to always talk about Bloody Buddy Cup, and now here you are talking about some other menstrual cup company? Well, guys, let me assure you that I'm not some menstrual cup talking ad reading floozy. They rebranded! Bloody Buddy Cup is now Poppins Period, and not only do they sell their original menstrual cup that we all fell in love with, with Bloody Buddy Cup, they now also sell a full lineup of other menstrual cup products, and there are more to come soon. They recently introduced period underwear, which I hadn't really been like that familiar with. I bought some like for the postpartum time. And I mean, like if we're talking about blood, we could talk about pee a little bit, right? I, I had four babies in six years. I've been wearing period underwear, you know, just like as some backup because, you know, like you sneeze, you laugh, you jump, you do whatever after you have babies. And it's like, you know, you need you need to be a little careful. So I've worn period underwear like in that capacity. But before I decided to promote it, I wanted to like give it a full cycle, see how I liked it in, you know, conjunction with my menstrual cup, because again, I love my bloody buddy cup so much. And I really, really loved it. The Poppins period underwear are like high waisted and like kind of like suck you in a little bit if that's something you're into. And they're so flattering. The um, cuts on the side are like that like seamless, nice cut. Like, so you're not going to have like bumps on the backs of your dresses. You know what I mean? Anyway, and they really, really worked so well. It was so absorbent. Am I allowed to say that word without grossing you all out? I think that we're far past that. Anyway, I want everybody to try it. If you go to poppinsperiod.com, you could use my promo code WANNACHAT for 10% off of any menstrual product that they sell on there. So you could get my beloved menstrual cup that I've been using for years. I love raving and telling people about this cup. It has truly changed my life. I feel like whenever I have my period now, I mean, luckily I've been blessed with like light periods and I don't really cramp that much, but the freedom I have been given by this cup cannot be over-exaggerated. It has changed my life completely. I love it so much and I'm really loving these period underwear. They have a couple other little products too and there's more to come later. So go to poppinsperiod.com. You can join their mailing list so you could be alerted every time they drop a new product and you could use my code WANNACHAT for 10% off of your whole purchase at Poppins Period. Okay, on with the show. Hello everybody and welcome to today's episode of the I Just Wanna Chat podcast. I'm Mary and I am so excited to talk to everybody today. It's just me. It's going to be like a short and sweet episode. I don't even have like my husband that I normally drag along to the episodes that I don't have a guest on. It is legitimately just me today. And that's okay because we're going to talk about a couple topics that he wouldn't care about anyway. So it's good. Um, of course, we're going to talk about the Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie. We're going to talk about Jada Smith. We're going to talk about the Michelle the Bartender scandal on TikTok, which if you're not on that train, it's kind of, I mean, it's sad. I shouldn't call it funny, but it's legitimately one of the funniest like TikTok sagas I've seen in a very long time. And then there's some Britney things to talk about. And I feel like whenever there's Britney news to talk about, it's always with a heavy heart. You know, like there's never really any amazing Britney news to talk about, but there's something to talk about today. So, so sit tight. It's going to be a good one. Now on with the show. Hello. Hello. Okay. Hi. Welcome to today's episode of the I Just Want to Chat podcast. This is kind of fun. I feel like I haven't done a solo pod in a while and you know, it's 1125 PM and we're just going to roll with it because there's like a lot of good topics to talk about, but hopefully I could keep it like short and sweet kind of, you know, um, I, whenever I listen to the podcasts back, which first of all is like never a fun experiment for me. Like I listen to the pods back 
and normally I mean like I cringe just like listening to myself I hope that you guys don't cringe while you listen to me but as a personal endeavor as a personal experiment listening to yourself back on a podcast is never really that fun but I've made it like a personal goal of mine to make the podcasts shorter or like a little bit more condensed because I do carpool like two or three times a day because my life is insane and if I could just listen to the podcast on like one drive to my kid's school and then one drive back then that just like knocks it out so that's my new goal keep it to my like 40 minute drive rotation but now just watch this is going to be like the longest most drawn out episode of the podcast because I gave it all this preamble but anyway I'm excited to talk today we have a lot of things to talk about number one let's just start off with the Eras tour movie because I have a lot of thoughts I'm so excited so we could like start at the beginning of the week of Taylor Swift because I really feel like that's how we have to like you know organize our minds lately like every single week there is new Taylor Swift content to consume like a big newsworthy news story once every other day or so at this point right like I mean if you told me that Sophie Turner and Taylor Swift like had their first paparazzi photos a couple weeks ago I would not believe you but it is the truth I didn't phrase that right but you know what I mean by that sentiment right like I cannot believe that that was only three weeks ago because in Taylor Swift years, that feels like 14 years ago. Did you know that this week is the one year anniversary of the album Midnight's? Doesn't it feel like we've lived 14 years since then? Why am I so fixated on the number 14, especially if it's a Taylor Swift conversation? I could just be going with the number 13, but I'm not doing that. Anyway, I did this bit a couple episodes ago where we went through all of the beats and everything that she did this year. So I'm not going to re-litigate all of that, but that being said, Let's go over this week in Taylor Swift news. So we have on Wednesday night, she has the premiere of the Eras Tour movie at the Grove, aka the home of the American Girl doll store in LA um, at that mall. So she like invited, she invited like a lot of people from social media, like fans and stuff that she like sleuthed and found from online. I was not invited, unfortunately, again, but like, I mean, not that I would expect to be. That's what I'm trying to say. But if at some point my devotion could be noticed in some way, I would be grateful. And that would be like probably, you know, one of the greatest things that could ever happen to a person, right? But anyway, the premiere, it looked like at first it was just for fans, but then she had like an after party and that's where like all the celebrities came in. So we had Beyonce, we had um, Adam Sandler and like her and Beyonce took like that picture and people said that that's like you know to end the stan wars they took a good picture together there were a lot of celebrities there i don't know why the only two i could think of right now are adam sandler and beyonce and uh becca tilly from the bachelor uh, and uh her girlfriend Haley kyoko why can't i think of anybody else the girl that plays anna delvey julia gardner she was there um who else was there it would be helpful if, you know, I prepped this and took out a list. You know who was there? Let's let's bring this to our next topic. Her dancers were there, including the new love of my life. And I'm going to look up the love of my life's name right now. Um, and you would think that if he's the love of my life, I should have his name on deck. Jan Ravnik. 
I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. He is so attractive. I hope you guys all know who I'm talking about. So if you saw the Eras Tour movie, where I'm assuming that if you listen to this podcast, you probably have seen it already. Or you've at least seen clips of the tour. He's like the very extremely handsome one. He's the one in like the Lavender Haze number where his shirt's unbuttoned and Taylor Swift like runs her hands down his chest and she's like, get it off your chest. Um, Which is a little on the nose, but I mean... I'm down for it. And he like, he does that chair ladder dance. I don't know. He was the star of those TikToks where it was like, am I at a Taylor Swift concert or a Magic Mike show? Whatever. But I'm in love with him. He looked so handsome in that movie. I could not take my eyes off of him. And then of course, you know, I walk out of the theater. I'm with my kids. We get in the car. My husband's driving us home because he went to pick us up. And then Alex is like, oh, how was the movie? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it was really great. I like this X, Y, Z. But I'm not really paying attention to our conversation because I have my phone out because I'm trying to find this man on social media and I'm following him anywhere you can follow a person. And I'm looking at his posts and I'm finding out that he used to work for Mariah Carey and he used to work for Paula Abdul and he used to like lift Paula Abdul up over his head in like dance numbers. And Paula Abdul is not, I mean, I don't want to sound ageist or anything, but She's not as young as she used to be. I mean, none of us are, so whatever. But he's just lifting this tiny little Paula Abdul up over his head. He stays booked and busy. He, I think he lives in Mexico. It says that he's from Slovenia. But according to his social media, he spends a lot of time in Monterey, Mexico. So anyway, that's everything you need to know about Jan Rafnik. And I love him. Oh, and he also, by the way... For all my Akatar girlies there, um, here, not there, here, uh, there was like a comment and like people online, people on TikTok say that he is like resand from Akatar. And there's like a couple of clips of him like dancing, like doing that like ladder dance that I referenced earlier. And everyone's like, it's resand. And to me, that is canon. I do believe that. I would love, um, I'm now going to like do a quick little fourth wing tangent. If somebody could give me like a proper, uh, like fan edit or like an actor that I could put names to for the fourth wing, because all of like the fan drawing things, first of all, I feel like, I mean, I respect the art and respect the craft of people who make fan art. They're so talented. Everybody is so talented. And I don't know how to even begin with any of that stuff. So I commend them for making good content. But it seems like they think that every like heartthrob in all of these books look exactly the same. Like they're all dark haired, piercing eyes, strong jaw. Like all the fan art that I've seen um, that like Zayden is supposed to look like from Fourth Wing literally looks identical to like the stuff that they say that like resand from Akatar is supposed to look like, you know, I'm just asking for a little bit of variety in the fan art community. But again, beggars can't be choosers. I'm not out here making that content. So whatever. Anyway, Jan Ravnik obsessed. I was also obsessed with like all of the dancers. But anyway, let's talk about the Eras tour movie for a second. I obviously 
Loved it. Had the best time. I brought Leo and Piper, my four-year-old and my six-year-old. Um, we went with a couple of my nieces and my sisters and, and a friend. And I was very excited. I didn't get to go to my normal AMC because it was very like cutthroat getting these tickets. But then it turns out that we could have just seen it on Thursday because she decided to like release the movie a day early by surprise. But then I had these non-refundable tickets to a Cinemark location and like Cinemark is just not my jam. I'm a loyal AMC girly, but anyway, that didn't diminish the experience that much. It was fine. We had a great time. We were dancing. We were singing. I felt weird standing up and singing for a lot of the songs. So I did like a lot of intense chair dancing. There was a point where I was dancing so hard to look what you made me do, where I was like, Mary, this is inappropriate in multiple different ways. And I was working up a sweat in this movie theater, but I was going so hard and I was having so much fun. So I'm very grateful for the movie and I think it was very good and I think it was well done. I do, however, have a couple notes and I hope that everybody will indulge me real quick without thinking that I'm like hating because I don't want to hate on the movie, of course, because there's nothing to hate, but a couple notes. First of all, what the hell was she thinking when she cut Long Live? Oh my goodness. Like, first of all, that's a song that only half the tour got. And it's like such a big all-encompassing number. Like to me, and I mean, Enchanted is one of my top three favorite Taylor Swift songs of all time. Maybe top five. I have to reevaluate my top five. It's definitely my top five. But it would make more sense to me to cut Enchanted than cut Long Live if one of them must go. But then if we're talking about editing and the songs that she kept in and left out and whatever, the fact that Marjorie made it in but we lost No Body Known Crime, which would have been a bigger hit. And I mean, yes, Marjorie has sentimental value to her. And it means a lot to a lot of people. But so does Wildest Dreams. It's like she's not even thinking about the Alexander Skarsgård fan community out there. But we would have all loved to hear Wildest Dreams on the big screen. You know, just to think about our man. It would have been nice. Taylor Swift. But Cutting Long Live is insane. I... I agree with cutting the archer. I mean, it does have like that beautiful moment where she makes that pose, but the archer is like never really a song that resonates with me that much. Um, especially when I think about the fact that it's the same song as Supercut, but without like a bass behind it. And Supercut by Lord and Supercut by Lord is like one of my favorite songs. So it's just like a less good version of Supercut. And I don't, I don't know. So I understand why she cut that song. It gets very long. And of course, she didn't film Tis the Damn Season. So I understand why that got cut. No Body, No Crime. That was a confusing one. But also like if you're just an average movie watcher and you're hearing that song, I'd be like, what's going on? Why is there a song about murder going on on this screen? So I understand why that one was cut. But Cutting Wildest Dreams, but the is a bummer, but cutting long live won't make sense to me. I could live a million years and it will, it will never make sense. Anyway, but then also other editing choices I didn't really agree with was I had this issue when I saw it in concert too, when I went to the LA show and like my tickets at the LA show, I got them like three days before the concert. I got them randomly on Ticketmaster during a surprise drop um, for $54 each. They were literally behind the stage. We were able to see her come out in that little, um, like trash can cart. 
which was cool. And it was an amazing experience. It came at a really good time in my life. I mean, like the time of my life. My mom passed like right before I went to the show. You guys all know that, right? Anyway, I feel like I've talked about it before. Um, but it was a very like healing, fun experience. But I was literally like behind the stage. And I could only really see her when she was in the diamond or like further down on the runway. And I had the same problem at the shows as I did in the movies. They really focused and prioritized close-ups of her face instead of shots of like the whole stage, which is like what I wanted to see. I wanted to see it when I was there, you know, at the show and I didn't have a good view and I wanted to see it, you know, in the movie. And that seems like something that you'd want to show in a movie. Of course, it's nice. I mean, she's very beautiful. Love the zoom-ins of her face, but like during Bad Blood, they didn't like really zoom out so you could see what was happening in the stadium. And Bad Blood, like not my favorite song, but one of the favorite moments of the night, you know? And I feel like Mastermind, they didn't like really capture it completely well and whatever. But there were also amazing moments of cinematography, I think. Like the Look What me- You Made Me Do and the whole Reputation era, I think, was really, really well shot. Um, but yeah, even like some folklore moments it 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 just didn't like hit for me sometimes with the editing but that being said amazing no real notes other than that except for um I have been listening to and reading a lot of like the criticism of the movie and when I say criticism it's pretty unanimous unanimously well loved but I've listened to a couple like movie podcasts that I like know love and respect and other like cultural uh, critics talk about it. And I mean, they always have to be contrarians. That's fine. That's their job. It's not a super interesting podcast if people are just like only praising things, whatever. I understand criticism. But I've heard, read, listened to so many takes from people who just like are going into it knowing that the, that they don't want to like it. Like I listened to the Big Picture podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts. It's probably my favorite pod. And like the one host, Amanda, who again, I really adore. She like really has like a chip on her shoulder about the 10 minute version of All Too Well. She loves the original version. And like to her, like her opinions are gospel, which I mean, like so are mine. So who am I to critique too hard? too harshly but she went into the pod and into the movie just being like I'm gonna pick this apart and I hate evermore and blah 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 and then like the other guy on the podcast Sean like he ripped it apart and I'm just using this as an example but just a lot of the criticism that I've read have been from people ready to rip it apart but then in the same breath like on this podcast for example they were like but we can't wait for the renaissance movie and i know it's going to be better and i know that's going to be better cinematography and then of course they were getting after taylor swift over the fact that she's not a dancer and they're like oh well she just doesn't have the choreography down like beyonce like so it's going to be a better show and like yeah taylor swift is like not an amazing dancer nor is nor is she or should she be like she's a, a different person it's like different things I feel like um I was talking to somebody the other day that was talking to me about uh Beyonce versus Taylor Swift and they were more of a Beyonce fan but they still appreciated Taylor Swift and she was asking me like stuff about you know Taylor Swift and like she doesn't um like break a lot of the same records that Beyonce does and like Beyonce like is superior to her in those ways and to me 
what I realized was comparing Taylor Swift and Beyonce isn't just like comparing two musicians. It's like comparing two like athletes. Like if you told me like, hey, who's the greatest of all time? Is it Serena Williams or is it Michael Jordan? Right. And I mean, I'm not a sports person, so I'm just like taking two people. But it's two different people. (laughs) And in my mind, two different people playing two different sports. Beyonce and Taylor Swift, like they're two, they're doing two different things, right? Beyonce is an incredible performer. One of the most amazing performers the world has ever seen. I watch Homecoming and I get so incredibly amazed and inspired by her stamina and her work ethic and her mind and everything. It's incredible to watch. And Taylor Swift is just a different kind of performer. Amazing, amazing, amazing performer. And I get inspired and awed in the same way, right? And so like not only are they from like two different sports, right? Like Michael Jordan and Serena Williams. But they're also like from two different times. Because if Taylor Swift had come up in the same time as Beyonce and she was like really trying to be a pop star or whatever, she would have prioritized, you know, dancing and stage performance and that kind of stuff, right? Again, not saying that Taylor Swift doesn't put on like an amazing stage show, but you know what I'm like getting at here, right? And then if Beyonce was like dropped in 2008 as a brand new artist, maybe she would have prioritized like songwriting or something more. It doesn't make one person better than the other. It's just two different people from two different time periods doing two different things. So the constant comparison and like, again, on this podcast and other criticism that I've been reading of the movie, they... They're so excited to like latch on to this idea that the Renaissance movie is going to be so much better and like maybe it will be and I've heard that that movie is going to be more of like a narrative like kind of like documentary documentary concert film kind of like Homecoming was whereas the Eras movie was just like start to finish concert you know like we didn't see any behind the scenes which by the way the one thing that we all wanted right was the under the stage view of what the heck happens when she dives under the stage after the surprise songs right and we didn't get that that was a big disappointment to me I'll add that to my notes but I don't know it's just like so crazy to me that like we're still you don't have to like love Taylor Swift but saying that she's anything like less than a great performer which is like some of the criticism that I've been seeing is insane to me and just like the nitpicking I have been seeing a lot of people like tearing apart the fact that you can tell like that it has like some continuity problems in the movie because you could see her hair at different levels of curliness right and then like different levels of chip nail polish and like yeah that's a thing it was filmed over three nights and it was also filmed two freaking months ago and she rushed this movie out to help save movie theaters during an actor's uh strike you know so it was very fast but yet Those same people recommend Beyonce Homecoming and say that it's amazing and it was so artfully done and it was so awesome that she's wearing all these different outfits and then they edit them all together in one number because she performed. Homecoming was shot over both Coachella weekends, right? And then Beyonce was wearing different outfits for all those. And I'm sure it will be this way in the Renaissance movie too because she's wearing, you know, different 
outfits like i think during like all the renaissance stops like every time i watch one of those tiktoks of her doing like the mute challenge for the crowd she's normally in a different outfit i believe um but they like cut it to they'll cut it together and then they'll be like it was so amazing to see the the edits anyway i'm going on like a big beyonce taylor swift tangent i've just been a little fired up today because a lot of the criticism that i've been reading about the movie has not been fun because i think that a lot of it's like pre-biased like wanting to go into it to like be the contrary and and like oh everybody loves taylor swift right now but why you know and i'll tell you why it's because she's really great she's really great um anyway for the rest of the week in taylor swift news so then the next day uh she goes to the kansas city chiefs game to see travis fun cool flash forward to saturday both her and Travis are on the new uh, season opener of Saturday Night Live, which, by the way, one of the best episodes of Saturday Night Live in a really, really long time. Pete Davidson, first of all, his like opening uh, cold open monologue talking about um, what's been going on in like Israel and Gaza and Palestine is, was so like deeply moving and touching. And they couldn't have like got a better person to to host this week so i was very emotionally moved from it like from the get-go and then like the rest of the episode was so funny like there was this one skit that was like the wired autocomplete interview which is like my favorite youtube series they did a parody of that about the um i don't want to spoil it because the the punchline is too good anyway watch that episode of snl because it was like one of the funniest ones that they've had in years anyway travis comes out during a taylor swift themed skit and then, um, or a sketch, and then Taylor Swift introduces Ice Spice. And then after that, they go to an SNL after party, and then there's, like, all these pictures of Taylor Swift's makeup on Travis Kelsey's face, and, like, her nose has no makeup, his nose has, and face has a lot of makeup. You can see, like, red lipstick transfer. I'm just kicking my feet, blushing, cheesing so hard. I'm loving every single bit of this. I was just telling my friend, like, I feel like I wake up in fear, or I live in fear that one day I'm going to wake up and like open up my phone and it's going to be like Travis Kelsey old audio released of him doing something horrible because like as of right now I'm just I'm completely on board. I, I want them to fall in love and get married. I'm sure they're already like in love. And like if this is a PR stunt or whatever, which I do not believe and I think that everybody that says it's a PR stunt and like says that everything is PR stunt is, you know, annoying. But if I need them to get married. I love them both together. I'm in love with Travis Kelsey. He is so handsome. And he has like this weird factor to him that he does and says a lot of things that would normally make me cringe, right? His Instagram handle, for example, is Trav, And that would normally make me cringe, right? But for him, I'm like, oh, it's so endearing. And I've watched a lot of clips of him on his podcast with his brother like talking to his nieces and stuff and he says hey girly and like first of all that gives me like mlm trigger because you know i've gotten so many hey girly messages over the years from people asking me to like help sell their you know lularoe leggings and like their candle scentsy wax you know and they always open up with the hey girly but when he says when he says hey girly i'm endeared you know i'm i'm in love and there's this awesome clip that's been coming around 
I don't know if it's recent or not, but it's him and his brother on their podcast. And Jason, his brother, is talking about how he like walked a red carpet and he was only wearing like gym shorts. And he's like, oh, well, I just came from from football and my wife didn't like my wife forgot my pants. And then Travis is like, oh, it sounds like Jason forgot Jason's pants. Like your wife did not And then he's like, oh, well, my wife is going to bring it. And then Travis is like, oh, and she was like too busy getting like your kids ready and whatever. It's like just a very, very good clip. You know, he's a he's a mom ally. That's what we could call Travis Kelsey. Anyway, I'm loving them together. I'm loving every minute of it. Are we close to overexposure? Yeah. Do we still have like two more weeks until 1989 Taylor's version comes out? And that means like we have at least 12 more big news stories until then. Yeah. So buckle up, everybody. But as long as it's more cute Travis and Taylor content, I'm into it. Um, is there anything else to say about Taylor Swift that I haven't already said? I do not think so. Okay. Ending Taylor Swift portion. (sighs) Ending the Taylor Swift portion. I'm going to like not mumble that through. The next part I want to, um, the next topics I want to talk about (sighs) come into like this overarching theme, which is, I think that we as a society are forgetting about the importance of um, secrets (laughs) and keeping things like private or like, you know, not having to like share everything. And I mean, let me just say first off the bat, I am not a private person. I, I talk to a lot of people. I, I feel like I get like connected to people really, really easily and I'll, I'll tell people a lot of things and stuff, but like, I mean, I won't post a lot of those things on the internet because I have like common sense, but what's starting this, this thought process is the saga on TikTok about Michelle, the bartender. I don't know if any of you have been following, but Michelle, the bartender, she is on TikTok. She has, I think like 6 million followers. She's very well beloved. She has a little baby that I think is like around the age of one of my kids. I don't know. Probably he's like one or so. And she's married. This is her third marriage. And she lives in North Carolina, I believe, as a bartender. And she does a lot of skits of like, oh, here's like stories from my life as a bartender. Or here's how I navigate this weird social situation as a bartender or whatever. But then lately she's been sharing a lot, like oversharing, and she has been giving too much personal information out there. First of all, what kind of like put her on like the questionable radar was she made this video talking about like, hey, bartenders, here's what you need to do if somebody walks out on a tab. And let me just say, first and foremost, I don't drink. I've never had a tab at a bar, so I don't know how this experience works. But what what I've seen in movies is that like you give them a card and your ID and then you just have a running tab throughout the night, correct? Is that is that true? Anyway, she made this video saying like, hey, fellow bartenders, if somebody walks out on a tab, or like they have a card that doesn't work, run their card anyway. Like like if they give you a debit card that doesn't have enough money on it, 
run the card for $1 and then put the rest of their tab on as gratuity and then that will force the thing through. And then she's like, and then add your like tip onto it. And she claims that like her bar has a sign that says like they will do that and like they will add a tip for you if you don't, if you walk out on a tab with like a debit card that doesn't have enough money on it to cover it. Which people started pointing out like, hey, probably not great that you're just like adding people's gratuity or like your tip on to people's things. Like ethically, this is hairy, right? So that's kind of what made like made people like look at her and be like, hmm, something weird like might possibly be going on here. But we'll wait and see and wait and see if she like does any other weird things. But then last week she decides to post a video about her husband going out for the night and drinking. I'm going to play the audio right now. It is really something to behold. Please hold. I just found out that my house almost got robbed on Tuesday night. Yeah. I thought about not telling you guys this story because it's it's an embarrassing story for me and for my husband. But if it helps somebody, I'm going to tell it. I know I've talked to you guys about how my husband doesn't drink because he can't drink because he can't stop. Like, once he has one beer, he has to drink every beer there there is until they're all gone or the bar kicks him out or whatever. After that couple left that my husband invited over, he had had, like, eight beers during the time that they were at our house, and it wasn't very long. So after they left, I went to bed. By this time, it's, like, 11.30 p.m., and my husband still wanted to drink more and not by himself. So he Ubered up to a bar. I didn't even know he left, you guys. He gets home at 3.20 in the morning. 3.20 in the morning. The dogs start barking, and the dogs don't bark at him. So I knew somebody was with him. So I get up out of bed, and I'm immediately pissed off when I see the time. Okay, I walk out there. I'm a raging bitch. Okay, because why the f- My husband is, like, in the refrigerator trying to scrounge up something. I don't know what he's doing. I see this guy. He's walking around our whole house, scoping it out. But I didn't really think anything of that, right? And I'm just trying to get the dogs to stop barking so they don't wake up Ryder, our baby. I'm like, Justin, do you know that it is 3.30 in the morning? What are you doing? Bringing random people over from the bar. Like, what bar did you come from? He starts, like, mocking me. He, this is why he doesn't drink, okay? Anyways, I was, I, uh, he goes, oh, I, I should be passed out in a ditch in some bushes somewhere. Thank God this guy brought me home. I'm like, Justin, no, no. We do not do this. And I look at the guy and I'm like, thank you so much for bringing my husband home. I appreciate you. And at this point, the guy is like looking out our back window, like our back door, and he's like texting someone. And again, I didn't think anything of this. Like my husband is one of those people that whenever he gets, whenever he gets any type of alcohol in him, he trusts everyone, everyone. He, he was like, this guy, he's so nice. This was all happening Wednesday morning at 3.30 in the morning. Okay, so the whole video is like six minutes long and I'm going to, you know, spare you. But she goes on to say like she went to the bar because she saw it on her credit card statement, like where he was at. And then she overheard the bartender talking to somebody else about a story about her husband. Then she interjects and she's like, wait, I think that you're talking about my husband. And then the bartender's like, oh, did you guys get robbed? I'm so sorry if you got robbed. It was probably like because these guys like picked him up drunk and then took him home whatever so then she's like making all, all these videos about the situation because people are commenting and they're like whoa 
not okay? And like, what are you going to do to protect your home now? And then she starts to make all these other videos saying like, I live in a small town, like basically gives all but her address, right? I live in a really small town. We live on a street that has like only six houses on it. We know all of our neighbors. Our house is right in the middle of the six houses. And then she's talking about um, like security cameras because people are like, you need a security system in your house, especially because you have this little baby. You have a following of six million people. And now people know where you live because you just keep talking. And you also told people where you work. And that's an issue as well. And you have this little baby, so you got to protect him. How about you get some security cameras? So then she she gets the security cameras. And then she makes videos and she's like, guys, I'm getting the security cameras. I heard what you wanted to say to me. It's honestly, it's like a SNL parody. It's like, I heard what you guys have been saying to me about security cameras. Look, we got all of them. And then she proceeds to go around her house and show where all the security cameras are placed, which like, you know, would give somebody the information that they would need to like circumvent that and like, you know, get around the security cameras. Anyway, it is like the funniest saga. And then there's so many funny memes about it because everyone's like making videos like, oh, like I would never share my private information, but I live at like this place, blah, 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 blah. Like just making funny parodies of her. But then people started sleuthing more and they're like, guys, like this Michelle girl has been wild for a very, very, very long time. Look at all these personal stories that she shared. And she has made so many freaking videos just like this being like, my mother-in-law wants to parent my baby and give me all this bad parenting advice. And like, she'll make sassy videos about her mother-in-law. She'll make sassy videos about her her husband. Like they should not be married. First of all, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that, but it doesn't seem like things are great. That's what I will say. And she talks about how they met each other and then they got married 28 days later. And I mean, like, I can let me cast the first stone, you know, because I got engaged to Alex after dating him for two months. So and then I married him like two months after that. So I, I can't judge too harshly, but they got married 28 days after meeting. And then she says a lot of stories about him. <laughs> And a lot of stories about how he should never drink. And this is why he never drinks. But there's so many stories of him like getting drunk and then making horrible decisions. They have this cute little baby. It's just, it's so crazy. So that brings me to my overarching thought of secrets. Let, let's keep some things private. Because I made a TikTok about this and I'm going to reiterate it here. To me, there's four different types of content, right? There's four different types of stories. One, there's like public content. Public content cannot embarrass or implicate anybody but yourself, right? You can tell whatever stories you want to online about yourself and like yourself only, right? Like you cannot make videos bad-mouthing your husband or your best friend or your spouse or your mom or whatever. And like you need to think, and I mean, hopefully hopefully like you guys all all know this but like you need to think hey what if my husband's boss saw this like how would that come off or whatever but people just are not remembering like the digital footprint you know sometimes I'll see people post like the most out-of-pocket things and like what happened to privacy so then like after that 
It's just the finest life, the finest line is between public content and group chat content. Group chat content can be a little snarky. It can, you know, talk about, you know, oh my gosh, my husband did this or my my dad said this to me or you'll never believe what this person from church said or whatever. Like you can you can story tell, but you you can't get into like too much of the nitty gritty. And you might think that these stories are public stories, but they're not. Like they're for like a group of people that you know. And then like if this information ever got out, then you could like kind of trace it back, right? And then there's like best friend content. And I mean, it doesn't have to just go to one person. Like best friend content could be to your spouse, your actual best friend, your closest sister, your mom, if you're really close. I like, I think I personally have like 10 or 15 people that I would put given in this category. Again, I, I, as I explained earlier, close to a lot of people, maybe that's a problem. I don't know. But best friend content is like the nitty gritty, right? Where like you could say things without judgment or like without fear of judgment. And if, you are judged or whatever, or if something comes off wrong, you're close enough to that person to where you can clarify things and you could overcome it. And that you don't get that kind of grace with online content, right? So like if Michelle, the bartender was going on, um, these like big venting sessions about her husband to like a best friend, hopefully one of them would be like, Hey, like, this isn't like a good thing, but no. And so she like ran to the internet And then there's personal content, AKA secrets. You don't have to tell everybody everything about you all the time. And again, I don't even know why I'm saying all this out loud. Like we all know this, I would assume, but people in the public seem to not know it because now let's talk about our next subject, Jada Pinkett Smith. What is going on with her and what's going through her brain that's making her say and do all these things? Let me just like set the stage here. My relationship to Jada Pinkett Smith, just in case you are all wondering, is I did not like how she handled the Will Smith slap thing. And a lot of people are like, she shouldn't have to handle her husband's behavior. But actually, like she was very directly involved. So I think that she had, you know, it it was a normal thing for her to be asked questions and for her to have some kind of stance on it. Right. I didn't like how she handled that. I have never liked how she's talked about her marriage. Um, not, I shouldn't say never, but like the, the big stories about her marriage, even before this week, I've never really liked. But I really, really love a lot of her Red Table Talks. Like a lot of her Red Table Talks that she's had, um, which is a show that she has on Facebook, which got canceled. Like I don't think that like the show specifically got canceled. I think Facebook in general just canceled the whole program of Facebook Watch. But it was a Facebook watch show with her, her daughter, Willow, and her mom. And it was really, really, really interesting. I feel like I learned so um, many things from the perspective of black women. Like, I feel like there were a lot of things I just wasn't, um, like, as keyed into. Like, like just, it introduced me to a lot of different worldviews. And I really, really loved Red Table Talk. And they have this one really good episode about adoption with um Kristen Davis if you're ever looking for like a good like 30 minute thing just to kind of have on in the background you don't even have to watch it you could just kind of listen to it as like a podcast while you like do your dishes or whatever that's a really enlightening episode they did a really good episode with um 
what's her name? Olivia, Lori Lachlan's daughter, the one that was like in, implicated in that whole college rowing scandal, you know, the varsity blue scandal. <sighs> Olivia Jade, that's her name. I, I was trying to think of her last name and then I remembered that she doesn't go by a last name. Olivia Jade. They had a really good episode with her where they kind of like took her to task for a lot of things. Um, but also I think they were still very fair with her. Her Jordan Woods episode, really, really good because she had like a, Jada had like a longstanding relationship with Jordan Woods. Anyway, like it was a Jordan Woods episode about the Chloe scandal. Anyway. So I haven't loved a lot of things that Jada has done, but there's also a lot of things of hers, the Red Table Talks in particular, that I've really, really loved and appreciated. And I've learned so much from her. Like I would like recommend anybody to go through a lot of the Red Table Talks. But that being said, she's off her rocker or whatever this week. I think I am convinced at this point that her and Will both have some kind of like humiliation kink. Like I think that they both are just into getting humiliated or humiliating each other or something. And it is like weird. There's something weird and sinister going on. Sinister is not the right word, but like they're, they're, they're not great. So this week Hoda or Jada goes on the Hoda Cutby NBC special um, which gets like doled out in like small Today Show clips to promote her book, um, like her new memoir. And the first clip that comes out is Jada talking about how her and Will Smith haven't, like they've been separated for seven years. And first of all, that separation goes back longer than her entanglement that she had a couple years ago because like, a year and a half prior to the slap in sorry the slap incident Jada had Will on the red table to talk about how Jada had a romantic entanglement as she called it with one of Jaden their son's friends but they were still together and they were working through it and there's like clips of like Will crying and then like Will has his book and he's talking about you know their marriage and things that they've gone through and it's never really looked great for Jada but of course like we don't want to villainize the woman like it takes two to tango but a lot of the things that Jada was being villainized for were coming out of her own mouth including the things that she said in this Hoda interview so she says that they've been separated for seven years and then she's talking about the slap incident and that the one of the most shocking things about the slap was that will said like keep my wife's name out of your mouth and she was taken aback because she's like my wife like we haven't referred to each other as that for a long time and jada has said for years and years and years that like there will be no divorce like they will not get divorced and she kind of reiterated that this week and so like hoda is like listening to this interview and she's like what is going on like hoda looks confused and then um, Jada talks more about the, the slap incident and then reveals that it probably goes deeper because when Will and Jada had their public separation, like romantic, romantic entanglement thing on the Red Table Talk, 
Chris Rock, she alleges, went to Jada and like tried to ask her out on a date. And Jada was like, why are you asking me out on a date? And he's like, are you, aren't you broken up? Aren't you single? Are you not available? And then Jada's like, no, I'm married. Like, and then Will didn't appreciate that. So there was already some bad blood. And then she goes through the slap incident on the Hoda, during the Hoda interview. And she says that she's first thrown that Will is calling her um, his wife. She also thought it was a bit. And then like Chris is like talking to Jada from the stage saying like, I never meant you any harm. And Jada's like, okay. But then she's like worried about Will, rightfully so, because she's like, what's going on with Will? Anyway, long story short, she went through this whole thing kind of just humiliating Will and being like, I didn't even know that we were like, that he would call me his wife or whatever, where it's like, not like not saying that you should be grateful for the slap because it was not a great thing for him, not a great thing for you. It was, you know, whether or not people think that Chris deserved it, it was still violent at the end of the day. Like, and I know that the word violent might seem like, you know, dramatic, but it was, it was a physical altercation, right? But like just Jada doubling down and being like, but we weren't married. We weren't married. We were separated. We were separated, but we just won't get divorced. And then Hoda was also like, but you went to the Oscars together. And she's like, yeah, because he was going to win. And I wanted to support him and stuff. But like they very clearly went together as husband and wife. So very weird stuff, right? So then the internet kind of goes crazy and everyone's like, this is Jada is too much. Again, let's normalize keeping secrets from people, right? Like let's let's be be a little private if we can help it, you know? So then Jada goes back on the Today show to have another interview with Hoda and she walks some of it back. So she is like Will and I are actually working on our marriage now. And we're not going to call it a marriage. We're going to call it our life together. But we're working on it together. And we're going to like support each other. And everything is going to be great. So anything that I said in that last interview, just disregard it. Because that's not what I meant. And then she kind of like puts some of the blame on Hoda. And like, first of all, Hoda Cutby, one of the biggest angels on earth. Like, I think she's probably on my like short list. I would say like in my top 10 list, if somebody was like, hey, you could have dinner with three people dead or alive, right? Hoda would be on my short list and I would really consider her. There might be a couple people that I would like put above her, but you know, it is what it is. Love Hoda Cutby. But then she kind of puts some of the blame on Hoda Cutby and she's like, Hoda, that was the one thing that got twisted in our interview. And it's like, nothing got twisted. It was a long monologue of you explaining the stuff as if it was like this deep enlightening things. Because of course, like Hoda's not really even asking that many questions. Jada's just kind of going on and on and on and on and on in this thing. And then once the book is released, we'll really get to see her words about it. And we'll be like, what was misconstrued? So anyway, expect more of the Jada and Will press cycle. I, everything I know about her is against my will at this point, but it is, it is what it is. Normalize keeping things private. And then that's going to lead me to my last topic, which is about Britney Spears. 
And here's the thing. I've said this before on the show. I don't love talking about or engaging in news about Britney Spears. I think she has served her time. And I would love my perfect reality would be for Britney to go live a nice, quiet, private life somewhere. Right? And I think that's probably what we all want. She is releasing a book. And there's a couple things that we need to talk about with this book. And I'm going to try to be as delicate as possible. And let me just off the bat say I'm not a Britney expert. And I know the, I I have maybe like a sophomore level of knowledge about like the Lou Taylor and the conservatorship and that kind of stuff. I'm by no means an expert. So if I get some of these things wrong, or if I'm sounding like an alarmist in weird areas, or if I'm glazing over details, DM me. I'm sorry. Let me know. But that there's your, my like, you know, disclaimer. She's releasing a book, unfortunately. And it's a memoir. And fans of hers are getting concerned because, and I mean, like, there's always concern against the the Taylor Swift, uh, in the Britney Spears fan community about her safety and her health and her well-being and whether or not the fan community is being lied to, whether or not videos are being doctored. Where is Britney at the present, you know? And, like, they'll release videos here and there of her and she's, like, uh, often on social media, but then, like, there's, like, a lot of inconsistencies and people... A lot of the stuff about it gives her gives fans pause, right? So information about the book started to come out today. They did an exclusive people interview talking about the book with excerpts of the book. And fans initially looked at this people cover and they were like, oh, nice. Okay, Brittany is alive and well. Brittany posed for these photos this is nice and this is going to be an interview coming from her because up until then or up until now there's been questions about like the the legitimacy of the book and the motives behind it and who would be getting the money etc but then turns out that people magazine never had an actual photo shoot with britney the photos that they posted and like put in their magazine were photos like licensed from like Britney brand, I think it's called, which is just like the, the media company for Britney Spears. So they're photos that were licensed to People Magazine. And then it comes out that, that this like explosive interview with People Magazine was done over email and no journalist had talked to her or like seen her or talked to her on the phone or anything. All conducted over email with no photo shoot. That's already sketchy, right? And people then started, you know, questioning the legitimacy again of the book and of the facts that are coming out from the book, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then it comes out that there's going to be an audible version, like an audiobook, and Britney Spears is not narrating it. Michelle Williams from you know, Dawson's Creek, Greatest Showman, Brokeback Mountain, Married to Heath Ledger, etc. Um, Michelle Williams is narrating it. 
And Brittany seems to not be seen anywhere around this book. And we don't know who is getting the money from the book. Did Brittany write this book? Like, it all just seems very sketchy. And again, I have like a, a... an above basic knowledge of the Taylor, or again, here I am, of the Britney Spears stuff. But again, I'm not like a, a free Britney enthusiast where I know everything about her. But I, I am concerned, like hearing those things and those facts about the book. I don't know. I don't even think I want to support the book. And then things about the book have been coming up. So today it was revealed that... Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake, um, that Britney got pregnant while they were together. And then they made the decision together to have an abortion. And in the book, Britney, allegedly Britney, we're just going to say Britney at this point and take it at face value. Britney says that it was not something that she wanted to do because not only was she religious, but her family would look down on that as well. And that's just not how she was raised. But ultimately, they were like both 20 and then they decided that that was the best thing to do. So they got an abortion. And then people are saying that the song Every Time, which my favorite Britney Spears song, I love it. Um, And one of the greatest music videos of all time, just by the way. They say that the song Every Time is about that experience. And I do know that Every Time is one of the only songs that Britney really has songwriting credit on from like those early days. I need more confirmation on the idea of Every Time being about the abortion. I I don't know. But of course, what this looks really bad for is Justin Timberlake. So Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel made like a joint statement through their like source today so it's not like they didn't do like a notes app but like a source close to the couple says that they're not living in the past they're living in the future they wish everybody well but that's not something that they're going to be concerning themselves with at this time but the whole like abortion of it all does not play well to Justin Timberlake's already shot credibility right especially because he has a new trolls movie coming out and that's not going to play well for like a kid audience like just having this new story no no matter what like your your views are on on abortion are it's just not the kind of story that you want surrounding a new kids movie release right especially one that like actors cannot promote but there was a, a long history of Justin Timberlake like shut slut shaming Britney Spears for like cheating on him and then like how she was supposedly a virgin but then she wasn't a virgin and then he would like boast like yeah I hit that or whatever like a long 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 time ago like we're talking still early 2000s but he said and did all these things after him and Britney had become pregnant and made this choice you know so it just doesn't play well for Justin and I'm really curious to see what else happens um and if this is like the first revelation from the book if they're like coming right out the gate and saying that this is what happened or like this is like the first piece of the book that we're getting 
I shudder to think of what else is in the book. I think that the book is being released in November. Let me double check because I know that they probably want like a Christmas release because that's like, you know, the best time for book sales. Okay, the book will be released on October 24th, which is really surprising to me that it's this, um, this soon. But anyway, the book is called The Woman in Me. Um, and they're, they're saying it's written by her, but again, I do have, I do have concerns. It does not look, yeah, the, the book cover is not a recent photo. We've not seen Brittany. Let me look up her Instagram real quick. I normally try to stay away from her Instagram because again, I disengage with a lot of the Brittany stuff. Maria River Red is her name on Instagram right now. Couldn't tell you why. I don't know her like that. But yeah, she is doing some kind of weird video. It doesn't look great. And I think that anybody that's letting her post or, um, you know, write a book and do a publicity tour is complicit in the uh, eventual, you know, harm of a woman that deserves nothing but peace you know anyway it makes me sad can I end it on anything else other than that Crossroads the Britney Spears iconic movie featuring Zoe Zeldana and the iconic song I'm not a girl not yet a woman is coming back to theaters on a as like a two-day fan event on October 23rd and October 25th which you know coincides with the book release i wonder why it's on the 23rd and on the 25th and not the 23rd 24th and 25th or 23rd and 24th who knows i don't know i don't schedule movies i just talk about them anyway thank you for listening to today's episode of the i just want to chat podcast we are coming in timestamp wise right under an hour but then once i put an ad in it's probably going to be like an hour and three minutes thank you for sitting with me and chatting with me for the last hour and three minutes can you believe that um we got over uh that we covered so much i'm i am now tired it's 12 39 a.m i'm going to go to sleep right now love you all um make sure to follow us on instagram follow us on tiktok at i just want to chat podcast and please if you have it within your heart please rate and subscribe and leave a review if you feel so inclined it really helps us out and i would appreciate it okay love you all see you next week all right bye